0: I learned that if you get in a call with someone and you show them a complicated enough spreadsheet, they'll just believe you. It flips a switch in their brain where they're like, their brain has a decision to make, right? This is kind of thinking fast and slow. It's like, I could spend a lot of energy understanding this spreadsheet, or I could just yeah. trust the person who showed it to me. I'm going to take the blazy way out and just believe that the person who showed it to me is trustworthy. That was Joel's reply. Like, yay, numbers for everyone, approved. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me you read that doc. You didn't read it. He just approved it. It's called delegating, David.
1: (laughs) This
2: is the Stack Exchange Podcast, episode 68, recorded Tuesday, September 1st, 2015 at Stack Exchange headquarters in New York City, New York, where 8 million people enjoy the benefits of democracy and the Times Square Pedestrian Plaza, the best place to find panhandling Muppets. Today's podcast is brought to you by Labor Day. On September 7th, don't forget to honor the American labor movement with hot dogs and ice cream. Also, put away that seersucker suit. And no white pants. No white pants. Or seer sucker, really. Today's podcast, special guest director of documentation, Kevin Montrose. You gotta say hi. <laughs>
3: I gotta say hi. I say hi.
2: Plus, the usual crew, VP of growth and community, blah, blah, Jay Hanlon. Blah, blah. And VP of programmers, David Fullerton. Coding stuff. Also in the background, remote desktop producer, Abby.
0: Hi, Abby. Joel. <laughs> Where's Abby? Abby? Did we lose her? Nice to be here with you today. Should we be concerned, Abby?
1: I'm here. I'm good.
2: We're yeah. here. As well. <laughs> it's like delay. Our podcast equipment was purchased by ex producer Alex, <laughs> who is now on the North Pole. I am your host, Wolf and welcome back, you guys.
1: Can we talk about Searsucker for a second? Because yeah, it is go a go fascinating feat. Does anyone know how Seersucker is made? What makes <laughs> it like so so bumpy? You, get, I know these little, you get these is. little wombats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those so, right, are what are the wombats? Wait,
1: wait, wait. what's a mule? A mule? It's yeah. like a donkey, it's a, a, donkey a donkey and a horse. Of a donkey and a horse love each other okay. very much. Right. They spend a lot of time together, okay. and a mule so what's is a the end product.
2: Badger and a horse. No, that <laughs> does not exist. I
1: think you tricked me I into that's talking that's about so a topic right. you really wanted to talk about, and you knew I wouldn't allow if you started there.
2: I think that's a seersucker, right? So,
1: so, so seersucker, <laughs> I, you've probably, I know what you've always wondered is how do they make seersucker? It's so fascinating. Oh, and gosh. I'm going to tell you, you know how everyone knows Sakura is blue and white? It's like little bumps, all these bumpy stripes. It only looks blue. No, no, there's a blue stripe and then a oh, white stripe. It? Okay. And the, the white stripe is like raised. Seersucker, right. you can feel the texture. Yeah, there's a and texture to one it. And one of them's right. like, the white's kind of like- You know what? Sk- it
2: feels like that really cheap Chinese cardboard.
1: <laughs> they weave- <laughs> It's cardboard. There's, a, there's not cardboard. It's, <laughs> it's not cardboard actually, clothes. It's not Chinese cardboard. Brilliant. I like that now has to follow most of his sentences with, that's not racist, don't delete it. <laughs> Never a good sign. So they weave, there's a white strip and a blue strip. And they weave them both, and they're completely flat. They're completely flat. But the white strip is like coated in a wax, or it's a waxy material that does not shrink. And the blue is cotton. And then they wash it in extremely hot water. And so when the cotton shrinks, the white creates this like raised bump to fit. It's just badger tooth (laughs) (laughs) marks. And that is the story of Seersucker. Okay, we can move on now. What just happened?
2: Well, we're talking about Labor Day. See, the truth is it takes us too long to really get these podcasts out, so... I kind of hoping this one would be out by
1: Labor Day, but it probably won't.
0: Especially since we have something so topical to talk about that just happened. Oh, yeah?
1: Should we talk about the numbers? The numbers? All the, oh, the excitement?
0: two things to talk about yeah, that just happened. Two. Jay right, going to talk about the number one. Go.
1: Well, we're not going to spend too much. So we just hit 10 million, right? We wanted to celebrate the 10 million questions on Stack Overflow. And what we wanted to do, what well, we created a little page because we were so excited. And the page was really designed to try to put that back in perspective. And so I think we've all gotten used to all of the, you know, people talk about the traffic and all the activity and everything else happening. But I think the thing we really wanted to capture was just how much help is going on. And one of the things we wanted to kind of drill out is sort of the way people use this to save themselves time, right? To reclaim time. And whether that means building more mm-hmm. awesome things. Yeah. The amount of time saved, I think, is kind of awesome. So if you haven't right. seen it, you can go to stackoverflow.com slash 10M, like mamillion 1000000 Right. And it doesn't, it's right. just 1M because you can imagine it's capital, the URLs don't care. And it actually shows this kind of cool little live ticker and all this stuff. But we tried to really kind of talk a little bit about how many hours sort of it, it looks like it saved Are people. Are you just
0: describing the page
2: to oh, yeah. now? So
1: first up at the top, there's this orange <laughs> thing.
2: Sh- so Stack Overflow is awesome because we save people millions and millions, millions and millions of hours of time.
1: Well, it's interesting you should and say millions because millions is really the wrong unit to use for this particular conversation. Gajillions. No, G- cabillions. Cabillions is the unit. That
2: trillions. Did we really get into the trillions? I'm sorry. I can't Probably remember. Probably trillions or so, something.
1: Well, so the way we estimate it basically... Views? We've had, so we don't look look at page views. We've been using, if you want to think about someone landing here and finding help, I think a session is a better proxy. A session. Because a session is smaller number of page views, but if you land here, right, and then you have four page views, it probably just means it took you three clicks longer than we'd like to find the perfect answer. I don't assume each of those is a solution, right? I think
2: you would have. So the interesting thing is in the absence of Stack Overflow, there were all these websites that had questions and answers. It's just that you had to read to page seven actually get the answer, and you had to follow every link and everything anybody pointed to and all that stuff to see if that was maybe the answer. Stack Overflow just has the answer, like, is the number one thing. That's the real time saving.
1: Right. So the question is, there. how often would you yeah. have either yeah. not found the answer, yeah. found the wrong answer, and had yeah. to, like, backtrack, or yeah. taken longer to find the answer? I mean,
2: that still happens on certain topics where Stack Overflow
1: is, you know. What to- I'll get those topics. What okay. topics? Just tell me what topic. And okay.
2: We'll- it was a Macintosh thing. It was a ask different thing.
1: And it, we didn't have the answer.
2: We did, but it was number two in Google, and I went to the number one, which was the official <laughs> Apple forums. Mistake. And it was four pages. Of would, me too. Me too. Yeah. Would it, oh, yeah, would yeah. Would it kill you
1: to click on your own website when it's the second <laughs> freaking choice <laughs> I in Google, Joel? I, I, I. The other one looked so official. <laughs> I've just <laughs> trained. you like it had Apple forums right <laughs> in the name. It had, the number one. It had Apple
2: in the, in the domain. There was a picture of Tim
1: Cook's. Well, mom, I like yeah. to check
2: out the competition. That's a part of my job as chief competition oh. checker. Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But so anyway, so we did a weird thing we haven't done a lot of before, which we wanted to basically celebrate all the users, all the people contributing, all the people helping, and the people who want to help. Like a lot of people, yeah. we saw a lot of people sign up. Basically, we kind of said, if you haven't answered, helped someone before, consider signing up and you'll be ready. Like you'll have an account, It'll, we can actually add your favorite tag, see better questions, and you'll be ready to give back when you want to. Because we hear so many people saying they've gotten help from Stack Overflow but never had a chance. So a bunch of people do that. And we tried something sort of unlike us, which is we asked users to kind of talk to us on the the social, the Tweety, the Tweety Bird places, Facebook, and the you know the MySpace and the Live Journals the of the Face world, Scram. <laughs> Linky Dink, Linky Dink. And basically,
2: to kind of Did we already do that joke last time, we just saw all all the a names of the websites. It was on talk.
0: the podcast that you bought <laughs> Linky <linky-dink.in. laughs> And we've actually had
1: like 10,000 people have sort of tweeted out why they like helping on Stack Overflow or how Stack Overflow helps them. And I think only 9,500 of them did it just for a t-shirt. The other 500 actually were really, really excited. It's easy to lose track of, I think, sometimes the sort of human side of the help, right? The kind of the the end benefit.
0: Mm -hmm. And the scale of it, I think. It's like it's hard to wrap your mind around. So for,
1: for four days, for four days, we were seeing more than one of these a minute. Like, like through through the beginnings. This went out on Thursday. Just and on, tweets. you just tweets. Yeah, yeah, Tweets. On Monday, we were still seeing about one tweet a minute with this wow. specific hashtag. People talking about Stack Overflow. And it's still going on. We're, we're still giving away t-shirts. You can either add S-O ready to help to your profile, pound S-O, just read the thing, or you can tweet it out. But every week, we're going to give away a whole ton of t-shirts. We got a whole bunch of leftover
2: t-shirts from our summer party.
1: Yeah, and those are not the t-shirts. You can get That's the official Stack away. Overflow. We
2: should give those away, too.
0: But I really like- Celebrating the Stack Overflow headquarters summer party. Do you want to s- get us- summer party t-shirt you have to come to the summer party yeah. that's a reasonable rule
1: oh this is a good sign that we are not being entertaining enough as people are bringing oh. us beer
0: oh a bunch <laughs> of beer has just arrived i said arrived. i wished i had a beer in the chat room and, oh and then it showed up did we just blow our ratings oh, on the itunes oh you, yeah you're explicit if you actually drink no that's, that's not such alcohol stuff. i don't even know is this like are we
2: like G-rated? no the only the only rule is that something bad has to happen now to everybody who drinks Oh, that's
1: right. (laughs) That's right. It's like in a horror movie. If you have sex, you have to die. Right? It's
3: like as long as there's a moral, and And then it it can be rated PG.
1: (laughs) Someday, David, you'll find out. Okay. So, anyway, I don't want to spend too much time. Well, we could spend a little time reading nice things people said about us because I don't get that at home, and I always wanted my dad to do that. (laughs) But some of the specifics, (laughs) like I love seeing the you know Stack Overflow is the definition of all that's noble in this field: knowledge sharing, rigor, and dorky jokes. (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel like this guy gets us. Stack Overflow hel- in Nairobi helped me skip condescending librarians. Good shot at the librarian industry. I'm tired of those arrogant That's bastards. That's funny. Can you
2: imagine that there's a place where people are still programming and they're like, do-do-do, and they get an error message and they're like, damn. And they go to the public
1: library <laughs> and they ask a
2: librarian to help them solve their programming the problems. Problem. <laughs> terrifying. And when someone <laughs> says,
1: like, why does Stack Overflow exist, we're yeah. like, so nobody ever has to go to a library yeah. again, because yeah, that's got to stop.
3: Yeah, that's I wonder be. how old those books are. Yeah, exactly. They're probably <laughs> older than some of the people using them. That's right. At this point. And they're in Swahili.
1: Of all the world-changing startups, I think SO Secretly is the most impactful one in the world. Well, secret's out, user Esgaroth. But so anyway. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I just, just read mine. usernames. That's what we But there were
1: all these sort of wonderful, someone was telling me... I forget who was conveying this me, they saw one of these where somebody was basically saying that on Stack Overflow, they put their first post up, and someone commented under it, and they got into a dialogue they couldn't sort out, and the person was like, just call me, I can help you. Yeah. And they had this conversation, and that person hired them nice now those results are not typical yes past performance does not suggest future hirings of such a result and you're not supposed to ask people for their phone number in the comments of stack overflow it's a little bit creepy bad idea however like these little stories of sort of like you forget how much the real world sort of lives of these people sort of touch all the stuff on the site so it's been it's been really cool and kind of exciting it's a good reminder of the human side of it all you should Um, give
2: out producer alex's phone
1: number yes you can call producer alex but anyway, please do go check out the, you can see the little numbers tick up and it's really fun. You can guess the next one and I always get it right. You might get good at this if you try it. And if you want a t-shirt and don't have one, you can just tweet out your own experience or slap that on your profile. And every week we will have a drawing and we gave away two, 200 t-shirts or a lot of t-shirts. That's a lot of. Yeah.
0: So. Jay made a lot of people really sad by agreeing to give away 100 t-shirts a week for the record.
1: I did. But you know what? That's enough celebrating what we've done so far. I think what we should do is talk about what to do next.
0: Okay. So enough of that boring stuff. I'm glad you asked.
2: It's interesting because we were just thinking about a year ago. We need more things besides questions and answers.
3: I don't think that's what we're... I don't remember thinking that. Like exclamations. Uh, There's like kind of a discussion that's come up a bunch, which is like what else. I get, several times I've been here.
0: Yeah. Oh. What's next? What else? What else can we do? So, I mean, so we're talking about documentation. So Kevin wrote a great post on Meta. You should read it. My small contribution was the callback at the beginning to Jeff Atwood's original Stack Overflow announcement where he talks about of the problems that Stack Overflow is intended to solve and he talks about, you know, there's too much sort of information that's locked away and kind of crappy formatting and, you know, and crappy forums and and all these things. And that's what we're trying to fix. We want to make that something that everybody can edit and work on together and make better. And we think that just by opening this up and inviting the community to participate in this, it'll get a lot better, right? That was a big Mm -hmm. part of the original vision for Stack Overflow, you know, and the Q&A was, it wasn't incidental. It was a big part of what Stack Overflow was supposed to be, but the whole point of it was to, you know, we brought in a bunch of different things, and a big thing that it brought in was just opening the stuff up and making it community editable and community contributions and stuff. So, yeah, where we are today, I think we've been asking ourselves this question for a long time. One of the things that we keep coming back to that people keep bringing up over and over again is like the one thing that you still land on that's not Stack Overflow that you still get kind of this crappy, inconsistent, unformatted experience, other right. than like the Apple Developer you forums. A, like I get a frame set. Yeah, is documentation. And initially, I, I was actually skeptical. Just the to plain old frames, <laughs> yeah, frame set, yeah. old school frames. Oh man, but yeah. pre-CSS days, yeah. So I was skeptical of this at first, right? Because documentation is—it's uh, hard to get excited about, right? In some ways, but one of the, one of the I things that live for documentation. Instruction manuals. <laughs> One of the things that struck <laughs> me, that Kevin actually started doing some research on this and went and looked at all the kind of docs that are out there for basically all the major languages or many of the major languages. And
3: major languages, platforms.
0: It was surprising how consistently bad they were and how easy it would be to just improve them with a little bit of love. Somebody actually caring about them as opposed to some yeah. poor developer who's being beaten to... Yeah. To finish the documentation before. Well, that's the thing is that they can almost, ship the thing.
2: The, the official documentation is always a part of a cost center. Meaning, it's either the programmer has just finished their code and they would like to go away now and they would like to go home and they would like to be done, but then somebody said, "Please write documentation." And either they do it as quickly as they can just to get it done with and over with, and it's usually not a developer's great yeah. skill to write documentation, or they hand it off to somebody who's paid to do that. And then they disappear, and the person who's paid to do that has to reverse engineer what the heck happened here, and at the cheapest possible cost, generate some official looking documentation.
1: It's like the cop, right, writing up the case manual at the end of the day, and it is both the thing he thinks is most trivial and not really his job, and something he has never bothered to get good at and doesn't care to do.
2: Right, (laughs) right. And it's weird, because it's like this is like one person whose job it is to write the official documentation. And if that person just did not know how that function works, or did not think about what you would be doing there or did not have time to write example code, or could not imagine what example code would be appropriate, all of those things usually happen. Because it's the official documentation, there's no crowdsourcing, there's no somebody else jumps in to make it better. It's just dead. That's the only documentation you're ever going to get, and it's never going
0: to get. Yeah. So that was one of the first things that we saw, right? Is that how many of these docs are just out of date? Mm -hmm. So there's both crappy writing and out of date are, are two of the main things that... Oh yeah, and that's just felt their, like we could information finish. is not there.
3: Yeah, in, not being complete and for very particular definitions of complete. Like very easy to measure the metric for like we've documented every method and every parameter. Like we have the little at sign yes. for all of
0: them, and that's what gives you the like you know get a numerator returns an enumerator yeah. to a string yeah. returns the string representation of the object. Oh uh, yes, yeah, good yeah, job. Yeah. You checked that box.
3: But that is incomplete. For the purposes of anyone actually consuming the documentation. doesn't tell you what you actually want to know. It doesn't show you how this thing how to use fits it. with everything else. What what function to call before you call this function.
2: How to fill out the data structure that you need right. to pass
3: this function. doesn't tell you all the different ways you're going to screw up the 17 Booleans yeah. to open file. Oh, yeah. like. God, my favorite. Win32 was
2: my favorite. I guess, I guess that's, that's that's really like <laughs> kind of obsolete. Win32 is fantastically awful. Well, because it's like, my favorite thing is the Windows equivalent, what in Unix is you call system and you pass in a string, which is the command line of the thing that you want to execute. And in Win32, there's a function called create process that you call. And it takes like nine or ten arguments. And a couple of them are big data structures that you spend a long time filling out, which include things like the size of this data structure is filled in the very data structure that you have to fill out. So you wind up with, and, and then two arguments which every function in Win32 has, which are like security handles or whatever, which you're just supposed to know the secret is that you just pass null, and that's okay, and everybody knows that. And they don't want to document that on every single function because it's the same for every function. And you wind up with a page of code that does what should be one line of code. And if you are looking at the documentation and trying to figure out how to write that page of code, it's just an exercise in frustration compared to just cutting and pasting after the first time that you did it. So that was sort of one of the team's key insights. A lot of good documentation is just some really clear examples, which is the last thing that documentation writers remember to put in.
1: Well, I think there's something really interesting there. I think the examples are worth digging into, but one of the things I think is cool about how we got here was the process, right? So as we were looking at all these different, like, possible ways we could help developers, we didn't start with, like, let's make documentation, let's work on that. Kevin and the team really started, it was kind of like just written about this, like studying everybody else who's tried to do this. Mm -hmm. And what are the best? What are the worst? Why does it not work Often, what yeah, yeah. makes the best better? Like, what's the variable that is
0: different? Yeah. Right? It's about a 40 page long doc that Kevin produced. And it was like a research yeah. paper. It was awesome. Nobody actually read.
2: But uh,
3: we that's not, that's that's not, not true. true. At least Curtis looked at all the pictures. I'm, I'm positive.
2: <laughs> and my job in this thing is to notice how much this reminds me of the original Stack Overflow story. And there was a time when Jeff and Jared and Jeff, the three first coders of Stack Overflow, decided to do a little competitive checking it out. So they looked at Answers.com, they looked at Yahoo Answers, which is where we finally found that how is Babby. Formed question, which was Yahoo did not take down for several years. And I think later they finally had to put it back up because it was such historical importance. There's a bounty on it now, I think. <laughs> you, could, you could earn uh, that bounty right walk, walk now. This historical it's historical. Go, it's Sometimes gone from a Yahoo. a badger and a horse. It is. It's gone
0: from Yahoo. Oh, no. no you're right. It's there. I think nope. Yahoo put
2: it back. They took it down and they put it back. And there's a little right. comment saying, you know, obviously this is hilarious. So we had to put it back. But I didn't even bother when I first <laughs> talked to Jeff about the idea of Q&A and a I didn't even bother looking at the competition because it never occurred to me that there was anything out there except for the things that I kept coming across in my Google searches, like experts exchange that were terrible. But they actually looked at who was doing Q&A, and they were like, oh, my God, Joel, you got to look at this. This is much worse than we thought. (laughs) This is (laughs) like, this is, if anything, this is even worse than we ever could have imagined. Like, at least experts exchange, if you got in using the magic trick or paid the money. You did kind of eventually find
3: your answers. There was an answer on the page. Somewhere. Perhaps.
0: It's funny to me. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So I remember in college, the first real time I was using docs a bunch was in college doing Java. And I was actually pretty impressed with Java docs, right? Because it was like, oh, there's actually sort of documentation you can find on just about every method. One of the amazing things that came out of this to me was that Java docs have moved on approximately zero in the 10 years since I was in college nobody has done anything there except that I guess Oracle moved all of them and broke every single the, link on the internet the sun logo
3: turned I into an I'm Oracle just, logo um, <laughs> is,
0: how is Babby formed is under Earth Sciences and geology. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Science and mathematics. Oh, like science and
0: well, as our world building right. site we be quick and to point out, movie. they're
1: limiting their focus their question to it being on the planet Earth where the Baby is so, ultimately formed. So
0: anyway, Java docs were a pretty good first generation. It's amazing to me that they haven't moved on. But I guess you've got just this huge bulk of docs and who wants to rewrite all of Java docs. So they're just gonna keep doing it. But what's amazing is like you look at some of the newer ones, and like you know, Ruby on Rails is not that new anymore. But like mm-hmm. they basically just copy Java Docs. Like I think this is actually a frame. Yeah, reload frame. They're literally using frame sets for the Ruby. On Rails official documentation. Yeah. And like, it's kind of stunning when you look at these. There are a few good examples. Like, there's projects out there that have really good documentation, but they tend to be the really small projects where it's conceivable that basically the person who created this thing, like the Redis documentation, can lovingly handcraft the perfect documents for this. And there's only so many functions to document, so you're going to be fine. But the larger projects, yeah, I, I was just sort of amazed, like, how easy this would be to improve. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be that easy. Yeah, Well, but, most people, it's just not the same skill
2: of developing a good framework and documenting a good framework. And in fact, a lot of people, you can sort of count on one hand the sort of famous examples of, oh, wow, this was really good programmer documentation. You know, a lot of people point to KNR, their original C manual, which was actually beautifully and clearly written. There was a Wise, Famous Guide to Ruby, which just had a lot of cartoon foxes and was sort of a little bit silly, but was still... Nevertheless, better than the average Cartoon Fox Illustrated (laughs) (laughs) programming guide. Makes sense. And people can think of some examples of wow, I love the documentation. And people point out uh, Stripe. I haven't seen
0: it, but people say Stripe yeah, is these, pretty good. Some of these smaller yeah. APIs. So there's good ones out there. Possible for people to work on it and really care about it and do a good job. Yeah, but it's hard, right? And so, like, well, I think part of the thing that's key is
1: even if you've got someone who maintains it and loves it, and even in the rare case where yeah. the person who maintains it also is a product expert. So normally, what you have right. is like you've got this person right. who's supposed to write docs. He's got to go to devs who don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. Or she. And that like there's that even right. if the person actually gets it and cares a little bit. They're not self healing. So, like, every time someone gets there and it doesn't work for them, like, I guess maybe they email them. Like, there's a couple of places that have open sourced it. The key is when they don't serve the user, the people who wrote the docs can't actually figure that out, like, when it's not working, because they know it so well that even if they're constantly in there poking around, Mm -hmm. they won't recognize the gaps in education that a user will recognize when they go. That didn't tell me how to do the thing I actually need to do, or that doesn't explain how I'd use it in the way I need to.
3: One trend you do see with a lot of the better documentation is it tends to be on sort of smaller surface area mm. things. And that's sort of, it's practical for a single person or a very small group of people to, one, know the whole thing, and two, be able to keep up with developing and documenting and responding to users, like that to be a very small, tight-knit circle. Need to things like Android or Java, because we're beating on Java docs. <laughs> it's huge like go look at all the java docs they're insane like just how much content there is it's impossible for a single person to know all of that it's impossible for a single person to document all of it even much less handle the response from the giant industry consuming all of that
0: so that's why i think it's interesting sort of a lot of the stuff it's still it's very early kind of alpha stages we're still figuring this out that's why i went to the community to kind of yeah get some people involved get some outside eyes on this and get some help but you know, One of the things that we've said is we're not going to start by trying to document every single method in a language or in a framework or in an API. We're going to right. start by trying to figure out, like, so we have this idea of request a doc, right? And to the extent that that works, what that means is at least we'll start by working on the things that people actually have issues with and yeah. questions about. And we have no interest
3: in documenting every two-string method out there. There will be no two-string documentation. We could just have a rule off top. Yeah, no. Two then, if title contains string. And the, and
0: the level <laughs> of the <laughs> documentation <laughs> won't necessarily even be at the method level, right. as I understand it, right? It could be a little higher. It could be, it like, could be a, like a little higher. Like, a
3: recipe level
2: documentation piece. Well, it
0: could be like, I don't know, how do I use the web request object in .NET, right? right. It's like looking at a single method of that is not nearly as useful as just how a little a, a one page oh. guide that walks you through how do I set up one of these right. and make a call and download the HTTP yeah. file and well, so, so with so some on. popular so, examples.
3: Yeah. Like sometimes the method or even the class, like that's large enough. Like that is that encompasses a whole topic. That's what you want to know about. Sometimes that's not true. Like around collections is a good example. It's actually the example used on Meta, though didn't call it out, which maybe I should have, which is like it's dictionary, but it's not dictionary like the constructors or dictionary the add method. It's like dictionary. The dictionary here's the different ways to build dictionaries. Behind this is now like modifying a dictionary, iterating a dictionary, you know, performance on a dictionary. Those are higher than, you know, what does two string do? What does try and get value do? One of the
2: things I like about the documentation project is I think we have a lot of people that have been answering questions happily on Stack
3: Overflow for several
2: years and maybe getting bored with repeating the same answers over and over again. And we're giving something new to work on that's sort of the same kind of work that they wanted to do, same kind of help that they can provide for people, but just a slightly different activity.
1: Yeah, it's new and it's fun. And I also think there's a lot of opportunity for people to get involved too, right? Right. There's a lot of white space that needs filling in. And yep. I think we should talk about examples, I think, especially because multiple examples are often additive here in a way that once you get past two or three answers on Stack Overflow, an additional answer is probably not additive, yeah. unless those are wrong. With examples, you could see some cases, the top couple are probably crucial, but you could see cases where there's seven or eight useful examples on right. a given topic. Right. And it lets a lot of people who really want to give back, who want to contribute, who run into a problem that they can essentially now document right their experience and how they would solve it for somebody else and get involved. And we're really starting with a blank slate here, right? I think there's this huge kind of place for people to be able to participate who've wanted to. And right now answering a question that's interesting you can answer is hard, right? It's tricky to find one because I guess we're too good at it, right? There's people doing it so fast. (laughs) It's a good problem to have.
3: There's a lot of like especially for the established things like doing a very specific thing with dictionary we probably have a question about it we probably have a good answer for that jQuery is another good example like we've got a lot of how do i select this very particular part of my page we have a lot of answers on that many 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 people would be qualified to contribute to like how do selectors work the topic of documentation documentation does i mean one of the reasons that once we convinced ourselves that it's a problem we could solve and got exciting, um, is that it does tie into the existing Q&A system pretty well. Yeah. It provides white space to fill in, yes. It also, I mean, documentation, good documentation you can link to makes answers better. One of the terrible things with Java docs and a lot of things descended from Java docs, you can't really share a link to the frame set. You can share a link to one of the frames oh, yeah. in the frame set.
0: <laughs> this is one of the, We knew this was a problem with frame sets 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> That's why everyone stopped using them. You can't link into a frame set, right? Because mm. it's got this weird, you know, it's got the... The URL of the, the actual URL content is, is not... embedded in the page. The URL bar links you to some stupid, back when you wrote frame sets, remember the HTML page that it downloaded for the page would have like four lines of HTML in it, right? Yeah. It would be like the HTML it opening tag, the then frame set, and then three lines for the frames, <laughs> and then the end of the HTML file. Like yeah. that. <laughs> that was it. So that's what you're linking to, and you can't easily deep link into mm-hmm. a particular frame. This is like old news on the web but all these documentation frameworks are still using this Ah. which makes it stupidly difficult to link to a particular page in the docs remember image maps (laughs) yeah let's just bring back image maps right great perfect (laughs) for our
1: next new content type expansion
2: it was like this feature would be used for like if you want server-side processing of where on the image
0: the idea was you would just make your whole website one image right and And then then you could have coordinates on that that links to to different places yeah
1: yeah, not that roughly how the light gun worked in on the Nintendo Entertainment not System? Not even um, close. <laughs> yeah, yeah basically well, it sent a shape. pulse and it would record the coordinates. From the your perspective,
0: anyway, Yes, <laughs> yes, that's correct, Jake. That was actually it changes it, the whole yeah, screen. The it the only screen. works because of the flash. It briefly, yeah. for like one frame, changes it to all white, but with one black dot. Oh, yeah, oh. The, the light at gun, the gun is the thing you're a... supposed to shoot, and the light gun decides whether it can see the black dot or not, and yeah.
3: then records a hit. Oh, it only needs
1: to understand one spot.
3: Yeah, you well, only has to understand one color. There's only one sensor. You can
0: make it always hit if
3: you held it up either to, to a, a light bulb. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Was actually, yeah. it was it, it was <laughs> inverse, yeah. It's really obvious with um, Duck Hunt on like, yeah, the skeet shooting out. minigame because they're white and then like everything else flashes black essentially. Yeah, You're like that's it's right it there.
0: This so. is also why they couldn't do this for Super Nintendo because suddenly there were more than you know sixteen oh. colors. And
3: well, they had the Super Scope. This is why like a lot of these games don't <laughs> work on oh, new TVs. Oh, the Power yeah, Glove, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I'd recommend everyone
1: go read. There's an awesome article on how they basically about made video game graphics when they only had like sixty-four bits to work with.
3: Are we talking? about? Right, yeah, so
1: yeah, so I, so talk. I think back to the design. Time. So one thing I think is interesting is as you guys looked into sort of how to get there, there were a couple things. So one was we wanted this idea of stubs, right? So on the Q&A site, someone establishes what the need is, right? So we talked mm-hmm. about someone can request a topic, and then the topic is the next thing generated. So this the first unit is kind of the, I want a topic. The next unit is, here is the basic topic. And then within that, people can create examples, right? Those are all yes. the sites of content that people can produce. And Kevin, give us a little bit in sort of how examples sort of rose up, because I think they became sort of the centerpiece in a lot of ways. Yeah,
3: one thing... I feel like if you ask any particular dev what they want to see in documentation or even what they want to see when they do any sort of search for anything programming related is code like give me something I can copy paste and start messing around with give me something that actually demonstrates how to solve the problem and we kept finding in documentation that yeah the better docs you know like stripes a good example there's lots of examples in stripes API and it becomes very much like I am looking to do this thing show me how to get started and that is what exemplifies good documentation something that is kind of in the middle tier like not so bad there are no examples but like msdn does this a bunch the example Ugh. code is like at the bottom of the page and you just like i find a lot of times when i end up on msdn i just hit the space bar like four times i so, can't believe
0: MSDN the yeah. number of msdn articles that i've landed on where it's like lovingly formatted beautifully written text like they've mm. got technical writers whose whole job is to write perfectly grammatical you know, English oh, yeah. language they text. never have a grammar mistake. And then, well, it's surprisingly, anyway, yeah, it's, it's surprisingly high quality. You can tell they actually put some effort in it. And no, then you get the example. copy And then you get the example the in the bottom and it's like barely formatted code, like. Right, it's in some courier. If somebody, like wrote, if, courier font. If somebody wrote that code and like sent <laughs> yeah. it for a code review, you'd send it back being like, what the Not, heck is this? Please yes. format your code.
2: Like, oh my God. That's where the systems Hungarian came from. Those, those stupid documentation writers on the windows.
3: <laughs> they invented like a whole form <laughs> of do- uh, Hungarian. So that wasn't even right. So examples, as we were looking, they rose in prominence. It was like, this is one thing everyone I think agrees is like essential to good documentation. Something that's surprisingly underserved and even when it is served often is underprioritized. There's another sort of related thing where sometimes you see like it's the completionist problem where there are examples because someone said we need examples. And the example is like here is the method call. I'm going to put default values for each of the parameters. This is how you call the method. Doesn't actually tell you how to like, accomplish anything with the method. Right, right. So,
1: right. And I think one of the things when I was talking, other people that were working close with you so uh, Nick Larson, right, has been working yes. a ton of work. Larson
3: has done a ton of the research. So I started this this giant document. Larson went through and did all the same stuff basically to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> like reviewed it all and came to independent conclusions and then we merged them.
1: The conclusion he shared with me was not ultimately and so Kevin is not crazy. Just you know, pretty, I, I got a different close. take. I got a different take. <laughs> then
3: Jared's been working on like Jared the – First dev on Stack Overflow has been working on actually, like, implementing this stuff. And in implementing is... somebody has to write some code. Somebody has to write some code. And I'm also writing code. can all but be writing he, research papers and documentation. It and it, like, the code is, in fact, a lot of what was in the meta posts is not even taken from code. Like, it's still mock-ups because it's so, like, I can't overemphasize how early <laughs> it is. Prototypey. Yes, very prototype Stuff has already been mock-ups. thrown out. And Curtis Beavers has been doing all of the mock ups, um, doing a great job on them. And I guess 45 minutes ago, Anna Lear is also working on this now. She hasn't done anything yet. Yep. High hopes. Does that mean she finished the logon thing? Logon's pretty close to done. Okay. <laughs> so there's, I assume that there's
2: means, always more.
1: So your meta post got enough upvotes, we so put a second dev on it. If it had gotten downvotes, we would have like fired Nick Larson and just moved on. Is that, <laughs> was that the plan?
2: Yeah, it was, it was running 10 to 1 upvotes versus
3: downvotes.
1: Or am I allowed to say that? Uh, no. Yeah, you can say that. Okay, because high rep users can see that.
3: Yeah. Oh, high rep see that. Semi secret, it's not but not even. Bad company. Company. It's not even semi <laughs> secret. Anyone can see it in the API. Oh yeah. That's
0: true.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you said we have a question from the live audience.
0: Semi live, yeah. So there's a discussion going on in the live podcast chat room about this. Basically, the question is about what level project are we talking about documenting? Is this for you know for my team to document our internal code? Is this for us to document you know the, our public API or is this only for like big languages like Ruby and
3: Java? So. That is actually something that is probably still going to be hashed out in in beta. We're definitely starting with big things because we need to start with stuff people are already familiar with. Like the beta is probably all going to be big, like C Sharp, iOS kind of like giant things. And I'm not sure that we really want to encourage people to start documenting a project that like nobody is using yet just because that's it feels like that's just putting up pages you don't want to land on the internet like if no one else is using the (laughs) thing that you built is it really valuable that those pages are showing up in anybody's search results right and exactly where the line is is something we're gonna have to determine there's some discussion on this in the meta post in comments and maybe even one of the answers where i think we're gonna have to kind of come to a heuristic on a certain amount of activity in like the q a side of stack overflow to establish people are really using it but exactly what that is measuring and what that heuristic is, is is totally TBD. Like,
0: yeah. So one of the things that I think related to that we've been tossing around is something like, you know, and all this stuff, like you said, we're, we're still making it as go along. But sort of conceptually, one of the things we've been thinking about is like, should be big enough that, you know, there's probably already a tag for this thing on Stack Overflow. Sure. Um, and there's more than, you know, 10 questions on it. You know, it's probably something bigger than, like, the Fogbugs API. You're just trying to exclude CityDesk. Naming a thing that I <laughs> that I worked on way back in the day. So probably not like, probably you know, the, API. the Fogbugs API. It's got to be a little bit that bigger than that. was unfair because
2: we had a stack exchange for the Fogbugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was we, your pain. We right. cheated. Close down, yeah.
0: So anyway, we've talked about, they're talking in the chat room now, about the possibility of, like, tying it to a tag. We've talked about internally requiring that there be a tag with so many questions already. The
3: plan where we're going to start, at least for the private beta, is a one-to-one. Like, there has to be a tag, and we're going to hand-curate, actually based on, if you sign up for the beta, give us some tags. People are signing up for particular tags, which ones we start with. As we get closer to the public beta and, like, taking the beta label off, we're going to have to figure out where the line is, and whether we keep this one-to-one tag thing, or whether it's some crazy Area 51-style thing, or... (laughs) Please, more, well, that's not, more that's area not for Let's not, not go crazy. But it's, I there really want to emphasize. aliens involved in, yeah.
0: a, in a proposal and definition we phase. want to
3: emphasize just how early this is to give some scale. I forget when we've really started, like, okay, let's brainstorm problems we can solve. But the first. April, May-ish. The first even kind of, like, code commit, I think, was 7-7. And a fair amount of that has already been, like, destroyed and redone like everything around so the we're s- so we're six so, to
0: eight weeks we're about halfway right because we're six to eight weeks in and we're six to eight weeks from completion so
3: i think that's um, the perpetual it's halfway point. repeating itself it, it's it's about a month of serious like effort to get to the point where we can show anybody this and make any sort of sense and it's debatable whether it even made sense one thing i think
1: is cool and interesting about this in particular is because of the style of work involved where people basically add something that improves something that many other people can use. Like someone says, I need something. Someone tries to create the thing. Other people say which things are most useful, and it helps people learn. It's so similar in both its sort of value and its activity to our current system that one thing I think is cool about it is you can envision a world where, like, it has a reputation that's totally aligned, right? Because Mm. there's certain things we want to encourage, but we don't want to give rep out for because we don't let people, like, unlock all of the powers because they do some, like, repetitive task. And badges reinforce some things like that. This is so similar, I think, in what you're contributing to the community and how people you benefit and the type of expertise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it fits really well. I wonder if it's worth talking a little bit. I think how we got here was kind of interesting. Like I'd I'd frame this as like, Joel was probably a little wrong. I was really wrong. Like when we we started talking about-
0: You were all wrong. We
1: were exploring a lot of different ideas, right? How can we help devs in new ways? And this particular idea started as... it's not t-shirts, Jay. (laughs) Most of them have clothes, you know. (laughs) If you'd like a t-shirt, please just tweet out... Okay, what were we talking about again? How we got here is early on in some of the discussions around this, I think some of us who were wrong, some of us envisioned sort of the documentation and sort of being integrated with some sort of tutorials. And I will say, initially, to me, that felt... Like a tutorial, because like, you imagine someone who's just starting from scratch, and they want to learn, and it shows them like the problem they can't solve, and how they'd solve it, and it lets them try it, and then it gives yeah. them a test, and it all sounds so magical. <sighs> and trying to build the tutorial that teaches someone programming concepts, is a lot of places trying to do it, there's some of them do a nice job. Yeah, It's really hard to do in a way that is useful to a very small number of people. And I think, like, Kevin, you can speak to kind of what you guys figured out as you so went through it, but we, we were wrong. I was We wrong.
3: did look at a bunch what? of tutorial sort of... We don't e
1: technically no,
2: yeah. but
3: Ooh, sorry, yeah, 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 we. I wouldn't tutorials
0: out forever.
3: Tutorials, but. so there's a middle ground yeah. is the thing. So the very long form, I do not how to program, like right. tutorials, have a place. It's very different from the sort of shorter i already kind of know what http is i just need to get up to speed in ruby like i don't really remember any of that it would take me a bit yeah or you know i don't remember all the http xml request stuff like you know whatever i'm just referring to things and kind of looking around you you want two different tools for that since they are so different i do think the long form stuff is much harder it is especially harder when you're collaborating yeah but just independent of everything else is more difficult.
2: That's a good point. When you think about the really long Wikipedia articles on like where the subject is like Africa or something, <laughs> a lot of times what you notice is that every <laughs> fourth paragraph starts repeating itself mm-hmm. and you'll have some really good paragraphs and have some really bad paragraphs and things that don't make sense and things that jump around and there's just no like editorial consistency I don't know even how... across one
3: article because the ability for people to collaborate on something so large I don't know so how large. true it still is but there was a point Gosh, I remember actually looking at, like, history in Wikipedia. This might have been back when Stack Exchange first got a Wikipedia page. (laughs) Whatever, It's a long (laughs) time ago We have a Wikipedia page? We've made it. Yeah. Anyway, I remember remember kind of looking at editor patterns, and you would see that a lot of people in Wikipedia, they kind of end up, well, at least the ones I've noticed, end up sort of owning topics. Like, they'll have a page or, like, a set of pages that they're kind of always going to go and check the edits for that. And in large part, those particular topics end up being, like, not theirs in the strict sense, but very much like heavy-handedly under them for review. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you get the pages that do actually have some like editorial consistency. That's not the, consistency across articles. the whole site. Yeah. But like that's a big... That's a big kind of ask for somebody. And I think there's a reason that Wikipedia contributors are, like, the big active ones are kind of so rare was, and trending down a little So lot that was
0: of part of the thing with tutorials, I guess. They're bigger content pieces, I think. There, the other. there was another. There's right. also, like, who they address. Yes. So one of the things we thought about is sort of, like, who is our audience? Who is Stack Overflow trying to reach? Everyone in the whole world. So what Stack Overflow is good at is helping people who already know just the bare minimum of how to code, you know, how to get an editor going and then it, Not
1: you guys. You guys are awesome at everything. He's not talking about you. Well,
0: at, <laughs> at a minimum, I mean, it's everyone beyond that, right? I think of this, you know, as we went through kind of the brainstorm, you're we thinking about sort of developer education, what sort of the life cycle of a developer look like. There's some actually surprisingly brief period of time at the beginning where you're just learning how to code and just learning a language, and that's like, you know, maybe the first, I don't know, not even a year, right? And then the rest of your developer career is past that, right? You know the bare minimum. And even the second language or the third language that you learn is a very different experience from the very first language you learn. And so as we look around, I see a lot of people right now trying to address the learn to code from scratch type tutorials. Yeah, but not thing. a lot of people yeah. who are really addressing... Alertable. Like, learn your third language or fourth language. Like, yeah. Just and like, that's learn, actually... Wrote Ruby if you already know Python. Yeah, it's yeah. like, just give me the, the TLDR. Like, give me Tell the minimum that I need Google to Google know. I don't need the, to yeah. learn everything from scratch. And that's actually, I think, that's really the core audience of Stack Overflow is Page those people. Fault so, in knowledge. So, tutorials, I think, are less... And this is all, like, anecdotal and, you know, my experience or but whatever. But it's still definitely to, true. Certainly to me, a tutorial is much less appealing... Then mm. just like, then even like reference documentation, like I want to know the minimum I need to, to get in there, start coding. And then I will p- kind of page fault in the information that I'm missing through Google mm-hmm. queries. I don't want to sit through a 40 page or a 40 Answer minute long tutorial.
3: To, You know, the keywords, like you kind of know how you're going to construct your search. Essentially. It's hard, <laughs> like just given, you know, nothing to know where to start to learn to code But once you do, you kind of know like, well, it's sort of like this other thing I know. So I'm going to type that in and then, you know, Python at the end and see.
0: So anyway, that's kind of the path for me that brought me around to documentation. I add one thing to that, I think, because your
1: point like it's who's our current audience. But I actually think. I was interested in like helping more people and like, I like the idea of like, get... no, no, you know, you know, I like the... I was yeah.
0: interested in helping more I don't people. Care. No, people. I was well, no, know. no, I
1: mean, not that everyone doesn't usually want to help more people, but you yeah. were quite clear that you wanted to hurt people that you don't already know or who aren't related to you. <laughs> I, I want to hurt some sure.
0: people that I do know. That yeah. was
1: wrong. But I think what it took me a while to realize is it's like this, like, vividness. It's easy to imagine this person is super new, but the truth is the person who benefits from tutorials is actually a very, very thin slice of the total possible audience, right? It's people who are literally just starting from scratch. Like, once you can write a few, like, I I use fake programming languages, I'm a real programmer, but, like, once you write a few SQL queries, you don't want to take SQL tutorials. You want to learn the new function that does the thing you can't do today. And so it's a super narrow audience, but more importantly, it's almost, it's like 10 times as hard, right? So to write a tutorial, you must get the order right. You Mm -hmm. must find the right exemplar like situation that shows you why you need this function, that makes sure it works. It's gotta be like so clean and perfect. And so you need so much work to help such a narrow slice of the audience, where once you get started, Mm -hmm. almost anybody can be like, are you having this problem? You can solve it this way. And like you said, you can page fault it in, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's still something to this idea of like mini tutorials, kind of recipe type things, like how do I do X? But a lot of those fit into Q&A already. It's sort of like if you already know the question you need to ask, it can fit into Q&A or they fit into this example code on documentation where you just Google the method that you're not quite sure how to use and now you're going to land on our docs. And the first example is going to be, how do I use this?
3: (laughs) Well, a good sort of example for something that like falls between the cracks right now isn't really Q&A is like, getting started right that is something you need if you are like even if you're already super familiar with and net you're getting started in ios you need to know how to get started that is particular knowledge if you go on stack overflow and ask how do i get started with ios it's too broad i'm sure it's been asked a gajillion times and we close it every time we come to your house to beat you now actually yes we have a question
2: from the audience is stack overflow inadvertently going to make projects stop writing their own docs very
3: much doubt it I think this is, you know, for a while they'll do it, but then eventually they'll be like, why are we Well, let's talk too about too much
1: fragmentation. Much so I think fragmentation,
3: the only... Uh, the only I bit, think the, this is a slightly different question than, than fragmentation. I feel like the parallel here is like Q&A. Has Q&A disappeared from the internet? Like, has everyone shut down their forums? No, not really. Some people a lot of not, Some, not, some, yeah, some people have... Like Google was a good example. A lot of them have endorsed us as like, you have a question. We're looking here.
0: I think the way it's gone has actually been healthy, right? Because we didn't set out to, you know, force Google to shut down their forums. Mm -hmm. It was actually, like, at some point they realized Stack Overflow is doing a better job of this than we are capable of doing. So let's just shut down our internal thing that's not as good. And those are the projects that kind of get it. And that's what I see happening to documentation is, like, no, you don't need to port your docs over. You don't need to tell your internal people to go edit the Stack Overflow docs. In fact, we probably don't want that. The same way we are a little leery of company reps answering questions on Stack Overflow. Well, you know what's
2: going to be the first thing that we're going to have to ban is somebody is going to write a Java doc to Stack Overflow documentation importer and we're going to wake up one morning with 9,000 new documents all posted by somebody with one reputation that are all awful and have to be. (laughs) <laughs> and we then we'll have, have to go yell
0: at kevin and tell him <laughs> to shut off of the those, stupid importer those gates
3: <laughs>
1: know what kevin wrote the documentation and the api that got us into this mess <laughs> but i think the api is a v2 i think that the two biggest concerns valid ones that were raised so one was around fragmentation one was around like how do we deal with like people wanting official documentation but i think if you think about uh, the answer with fragmentation usually is permanent fragmentation is very rare Right, like this problem where you have a bunch Mm -hmm. of things that could be awesome, and instead there's lots of mediocre things existing simultaneously. That's actually
2: the truth. Is that's why Stack Overflow exists. And one of the things I point out is that people will ask the same question in 900 different ways using slightly different words, and that's sort of allowed on Stack Overflow. And it's actually a feature of Stack Overflow because when you use those same words to ask the question yourself on Google, you're likely to find something because we have 900 entries of inventory showing you how to convert an integer to a string because you may have used whatever right. there's different wording, whatever the different wording is. And so I think actually fragmentation is good. It's just like in the old days, if you went to Barnes and Noble and there were 12, you know, learn Java books, that was better than if there were three learned Java books. And which is even better than if it was just one and it came from Sun.
1: The key though is only one of those Java books sells 80% of the sell-through of that book. Like so if the documentation is awesome, like if we can't do any better, we don't need to. And some people may try and then fail, and that's great. If we can do a lot better than the documentation, yeah. like that's where like one of these should be meaningfully better. Whether it's if the official documentation is lovingly crafted and someone's taking feedback and updating it, I actually think we'll add little.
0: Right, and, and there's people a little people won't bother that out there. And yes. people aren't going to bother that, to go create it on. Right, right. So right. Going to bother to go create it on Stack Overflow. I mean, assuming we set it up right, maybe if we somebody screw will do it, up, yeah, do it for the reputation, they'll do it for the levels and the well, points.
3: there's but. there's a. A legitimate fear that what we were going to do, it's not what we are planning to do, not what I can think we would ever plan to do, is like, oh, I'm just going to go make an area for Java and .NET, and I'm going to you know, pull Java out. I got a source, just go whatever, and just turn a bunch of stubs and say, go wild. And at that point, we've, we have introduced fragmentation that is strictly worse. Mm-hmm. What we we're actually kind of assuming is that if the docs are already really good, no one's going to ever like ask for anything on Stack Overflow. There's not going to be a serious incentive. like all of the goodwill and all of the energy around the community improving docs is already going to be vacuumed up by those projects. So we won't fragment if it's already being dealt with Well. I am kind of skeptical something that's come up a few times is like, well, anyone can contribute to this open source project and you know their docs are in GitHub or whatever. Send a pull request. And, like, my experience with that is not super hot. It's hard to get people to accept pull requests. It's especially hard for someone to know what they need to do to get a pull request accepted. And I so, think there's,
1: there's also a, it's a change versus add thing, which is to the extent that the thing that's needed is, like, another example or an example that addresses a different use case. Like, the system with that open source pull request is set up more like, we need to shift it to this, we need to change it to this. A system that asks for additions, I think, is just much more inviting mm-hmm. for that.
0: Alright, another question. Great. This one's on reputation, so it's impossible to answer. How oh, good? How he says how did you solve as <laughs> thinking <laughs> thinking exactly. we've already solved this. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna change it to, How do you plan to solve the issue of distributed reputation for a collaboratively edited page of documentation? So, this seems like a really hard problem, and so far Stack Exchange has avoided it.
3: Yes, we have avoided it. So we have some very rough models internally about basically Tracking not percentage of ownership on a document, but like kind of saying, "Oh, you've contributed enough to get some rep for this," and then sort of trickling through either voting on examples or like citations, essentially in the existing Q and A system. So, honestly, when it comes to the many people contributing thing, like one, we need to observe people actually use it. Then we're gonna have to play around with the limits around like how much do you have to contribute to actually get rep. One thing I think we've kind of decided is think it doesn't really make sense to take rep away when someone else adds so we're probably not going to do something like you own 66 percent of this topic and then when someone goes in and adds a new paragraph now you own 50 percent someone Mm. make your answer better you have been penalized (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) however we may do something at may where it's kind of like well you contributed this great thing a year ago and it's been substantially reworked. So now we think you've had enough unless you want to come back and refresh. some of that's around incentives around new versions and things. Yep. If you would like to help us solve
0: this problem, sign up for the beta for Yay! documentation. That is one of the big to solve address, problems we're,
2: two, we're working on.
0: Yeah, not to say that we think this is hopeless, but it's a hard problem that we've got ideas for that we're looking to kind of try, basically.
3: Yeah. The reputation system cannot live in isolation. Like, we can't come to the community and say, like, we've incentivized you in the appropriate ways. We have yeah. to see how people actually behave you can't and simulate reward that the either. good behavior. So, One
1: thing I think we expect, a large percent of the reputation generated by a given topic will actually come from the examples. And in that zone, it's simpler, right? So, like, editing an example is relatively small corrective stuff, mostly. Kind yeah, it of It's got to be. be
0: both, because you also yeah. have to get credit for no, the, that's right. the main docs. So. Yeah.
1: The topic is where the complexity is. Like, how do we incentivize the topic being kept up to date, being updated, mm. people adding to it? But I do think, like, a large percent of the effort is going to function similar to answers today. All
0: right. Let's do one more question, and then we're out of time. Why do it for SO rather than SE network-wide?
1: Oh, I think we probably will do it. Well, no, let's talk about that. I think that the short answer to that is the big picture is, so if we could do a thing that helps everybody equally and was perfect and awesome at that, and it was obvious how to do that, and it was equally good at it, we would do that, right? But I think the problem when you try to solve a problem for lots of totally diverse needs is you will be bad at most of them. You'll do a mediocre job across the board. Yeah. And I think from our perspective, we're super excited about anything we can give to the whole SC network. But the truth is, if we'd set out to solve Q&A, For the internet at large, we would have wound Mm. up with something different and slightly worse than Stack Overflow. And I think it would have actually worked worse for everyone because we would have started too broad. Home improvement. I'm just looking at all the sites that we could do documentation for.
0: So something like documentation could be useful for a lot of sites, but we above all want to nail programmer documentation first. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And yeah. I think if, uh, the honest truth is if we want to be good at things, we can't start from how do we be good at them for everyone. We have to basically say our strengths are solving developer problems better and then trying to make that work for others when we can.
0: This isn't a hypothetical problem. Like this is a, <laughs> this is a real problem within Stack Exchange. Like every time we try to introduce a new feature and we get bogged down into, well, how is this going to work for gaming and how is this going to work for home improvement and how is this going yeah. to work? That it just makes everything take a long time. It just you know, multiplies the scale of the problem massively. So we specifically said for this, we were going to focus down just to Stack Overflow, figure out how to do this for programmers, and then see where we end up and see if it's reusable on
3: other sites. It's not even hypothetical for documentation because when documentation was still much closer to tutorials in discussions, some things that were floated were like, well, this would kind of work for like walkthroughs on gaming, right? Like if we had said, yeah, that's the thing we want and like penciled it in, That would greatly constrain things like examples because what is the equivalent in gaming? You'd need
1: a whole like you need like an ASCII logo like GameFAQs always mm -hmm. has if we're going to do that. And we don't have that written into the current code. So that'd be a problem.
3: Yeah. Now, some of the expansion, I mean, we're talking about this today, even some of the expansion is is like kind of obvious. So the programmer e already cites, you know, like the WordPress site. Documentation is a very easy extension there. We probably don't want to start. With it on WordPress, just because... What do you of have it. against WordPress? Just because I hate... I, my blog's WordPress. I also hate WordPress. No. The point is that we still, we still have to do with human scale. Like, this is a team of, you know, five, six people, and we're probably going to get all the way to beta at about that scale. Like, I doubt 10 people will be working on this anytime in the next year, just because trying to move quick and adding another site makes it harder to move quick. Like, I... Well, some of my many terrors are, like, what happens when someone has a problem and it takes us a week to respond to it? Like that kind of makes sense we have to fix it for everything now but like back when we were building the early parts of stack overflow that would not have flown and we're going to be back in that kind of world where we need to ship just constantly on this stuff in the betas at least and so we have to very aggressively constrain so that we can iterate that quickly
1: all right well that was a great podcast Hey, wait, wait. Before we wrap, the really, really short version. I was told we skipped these last time. We have like a few new sites. I'll we just mention We skipped
0: them for months. Oh. I'll
1: just mention them.
2: Okay. Some of them may be closed down already.
1: We don't mention those. Or they will
2: be by uh, next time. Stack product. Exchange
1: sites you could be part of right now, today, that are new and live in public beta. We have really? a, a law site. We have a law site. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> just any kind of law? No, you go there and you ask a question and someone will give you personal legal advice and you can follow it and sue them if Look it doesn't work out. Look at
2: this, law.stackexchange.com. When did, how did that sneak in?
1: Dang. We didn't tell our lawyers about it. 844 questions? Oh, yeah. They're doing great. It's doing great. Uh, We have an open source site, and I think the open source site would want me to point out that the open source site also deals with free software and free other things that are not necessarily software. Libre software. We've got a Portuguese language site, not to be confused with Portuguese Stack Overflow, the best damn Portuguese language computer programming site on the internet. This is the best damn Portuguese language site on the internet. And we have. Is it in English? It's actually in French, which is kind of weird. Like, no one saw that coming. (laughs) Aha!
2: It's in English, isn't it?
1: And we have a computer graphics site, which falls under that category of it seemed like it was probably really well covered in one of nine other sites. And it turns out if you specialize in this, those nine other sites did a really bad job of helping you focus on graphics. So okay, check out law, open source and free stuff, uh, Portuguese language and computer graphics.
2: Wait, what about, what about this one?
1: Arabic language. Uh, Arabic language. Yeah, I guess that's... What about elementary OS?
0: Um, Jay, you're we ta- just no, not we on top about, of I, think new talk, sites. I
1: think we talked about elementary OS.
0: And what's this other Russian one? Is this Russian language? So, to find a list of new sites, <laughs> you could <can> go to <laughs> stackexchange.com sites and Pound then newest. sort by newest. Yeah. No, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff here that you forgot, Jay. Well, we'll talk about it in the next podcast. Theater okay.
2: Graphics. Well, how about a
1: spoiler alert if you're going to give away what's in the spoiler next podcast? Spoiler alert. By next podcast, Kevin will have finished the documentation project.
2: Well... Well, wow, you've gone and wasted another hour of your life. Wow. Listening to Stack Exchange Podcast 68, recorded Tuesday, September 1st, 2015. Stack Exchange Headquarters podcast has been brought to you by Labor Day, honoring the contributions that workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and well-being of this great country. Also, barbecue. Four Jay Hanlon, David Fullerton, special thanks to guest Kevin Montrose, audio editor David Greenlee, remote desktop connection producer Abby, and Scandinavian producer Alex Miller, who's now on the other side of the North Pole. I'm Joel Spolsky. Goodbye. Bye. Farewell. See you. Goodbye. The
1: game for game, game for game. The game for game,
2: game for game. The game for game, game for game. For
1: day, game for deal with the deal to the sea. The deal to the sea. If you'd like a t-shirt, please just tweet out. Just send a picture of yourself with no clothes. So I know get okay. a t-shirt. Okay. Oh, no, nope. no, don't do that. Nope. Don't do that. Nope. Don't do that. Nope. Don't do that. Uh, the, our lawyers have just canceled the podcast. <laughs> uh, I can't believe Joel did all that stuff every week and I get the podcast. Can- okay. Please do not send me a picture of yourself in any way.
0: Oh, we didn't talk about Dick Dick. Oh. Did you just say
3: Dick Dick? Dick Dick.
0: <laughs> It's an animal. Google it. D I K D I K.
3: It's an animal. Dick Dick is the mascot oh, for documentation. documentation. It's Dockey the Dick Dick. I know. <laughs> <laughs>